0: To Ableton. Oh, just a oh, you're guilty. Justin Madden's got the sit. One hand.
1: Oh, oh, Oh! Oh, the post is broken. Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a He Man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt. Fuchshoven Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Ah, oh, Matthew. Good day to you and good day to you, folks, again. I'm back. I've had a good week. And it's been uh, really interesting footy and a little bit of fishing and a little bit of family, so that's what it's all about. Michael Malthouse joins us for part two of what has been an extraordinary life, both on and off the field. On the field as a player, off the field as a coach, and I'll embarrass him again when the history of the game is written, Michael Malthouse will take his rightful place. During your playing career, either at St Kilda or Richmond, you must have had some seed that was sown in your brain... I reckon I might like to be a coach because otherwise Footscray wouldn't have come after you.
0: I oh, certainly Rex, it's it's probably mid twenties, and I, I looked around me and thought there's a lot of players that I started playing with who have left the game. Then there's a handful that left the game and decided to do, to want to stay in football, and we all know at that stage it was a very much an amateur game, and so I started to get my mind around the next phase of my life I didn't know how long I was going to uh, play for for a start off I had a lot of leg injuries so it could have finished mid-twenties I I scratched around until 30 and I was very very it's an interesting one because I I was approached by the Wangaratta Rovers and they sent me down their vinyl song I played that wasn't over impressive. (laughs) It wasn't the reason for not taking the job. Uh, We had two two girls and uh, one little lad at that stage. And then I was approached by uh, Central District to apply for the job. So I went across and got interviewed for the job and Cowboy Neil got that job. So I thought, well, that's the end of my coaching. I'll sit and just be a public servant and and train up I saw I I actually went down the Richmond still trained up for that yeah a lot of people don't know this and I've said this uh, just recently I was approached by Richmond to coach and Kevin Dixon approached me to coach on behalf of the board which I put in a application and they said look um, we'd like to give you the job and I said that's fantastic Uh Unbel- unbelievable that I get this senior job I think look I can't remember the actual time frame but he called me back in the office one two days a week later and said uh, look we've reconsidered we can't give you the job because we we don't want to have another player come straight out playing and coaching you know we did it with Francis and it wasn't a, you know we all due respects of Francis it wasn't a great success and we are not going to do that and I said. Well, you're taking away nothing from me because I didn't have it. Yeah. And then, then he said, "Would you like to coach our reserves?" I said, "Could would be fantastic? To coach the reserves? I still got my job and still do the part. T-. You know, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, whatever it was. Uh, I reckon within two days, he called me back, and said, "Look, we think that you've got ambitions to be a, a senior coach, and we don't know whether the senior coach would like you. Really? Having those looking over his shoulder." Which I've never been like that in my life. No. But, but anyway, um, so okay, so nothing ventured, nothing gained, and bec- and I wasn't disappointed because I didn't have it anyway.
1: Yeah. It wasn't
0: as if I'd been a coach, and it's like when I played. When I went back to Ballard, I went back, not bitter. Went back and said, okay, they don't, you know, I'm not good enough. I can understand that. So the so sooner move,
1: you accepted, the better. You you move on. Because the only bloke that's effective is yourself. Yeah. His so self, yeah. Uh,
0: so mid January I got a phone call. Oh, actually, mid January I. I found out that Louis Hampshire had resigned. At Footscray, yeah. And uh, three or four people turned up at the front door and said, would you consider coaching the Footscray Football Club? Which yes. It was mid-January, so was, I was three or four months behind in prep. Not, not my prep, but certainly the club's prep. So it was a bit of a shock, but a fantastic shock. Yeah.
1: You've said publicly in publications and uh, on radio stations and television stations that Doug Hawkins, at that time was the best player you coached from memory broadcasting for 3db before I went to 3aw you were in a big tower out on what's known as yeah. the Doug Hawkins wing and he played on that wing yeah. for the entire game didn't yep. he yeah he did was, was that deliberate well
0: it was from s- him or you semi-deliberate yeah uh, it was very rare that you got anything east so therefore the ball was re- rarely on the stand side so yes. uh, any sort of Wesley it's the ball on this side of the ground, so I thought, look, I'll stay out there, put the best player out that side, he can, de- he defends beautifully, Yeah. he uh, he used the ball magnificently, plus the other thing is, I didn't need a runner for a third of the ground, because by that stage the players had learnt to look up, watch my hand signals or my voice, listen to my voice, and we had quick movement, so I coached from there, and, and I'm, Doug Hawkins is still, in my mind, one of the best players I've ever coached. Really? Had he Why? Brought, because he was so complete. He was tough. He you couldn't touch him in a in a phone phone booth. He was sat light on his feet. Left and right side of the body, he he made the player work to the ball and it was never he never hit the player hard enough where he couldn't take the button He played on the great players. He played on Dippy Dominica, yeah. he played on Robert Flower, he played on Keith Gregg played them all yeah. and I believe he beat them all.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's such a wonderful team man. Wonderful team man. Tough as nails though too. A lot of, a lot of people underestimate how tough Doug he was. And uh, I, I say this not and I say this with respect to Foot Scrape and respect to West Coast. We know that there's big clubs and those big clubs get a lot more news, a lot more kudos, a lot more attention than the lower clubs. If a Doug Hawkins was playing for It's Colgate, not fair, but it's the way it is, Michael. It's totally unfair. It's but it's the way it is. Yeah, it it's is. the way it is in life. Yeah, it is. So if Doug Hawkins or Glenn Jakovich were playing for or Brett Hetty or these sort of players, but anyway, we'll use those two for example. We're playing for Carlton or Collingwood or Hawthorne or Essendon in that era they would be deemed superstars and they should not be deemed anything less than superstars because I believe that they are anyway but if they were with with those clubs they probably would have had premierships added to their name. Now Djakovic of course has got premierships to his name but Dougie Hawkins hasn't uh, or never will but he would be a premiership player. You'd see more of him in the MCG. No doubt. Richmond at the time, same Richmond. Mm. And we would not only respect him for what he's done at Footscray, but you'd see this... He'd have his own statue around the MCG. Yeah.
1: Because
0: I reckon he was that good. Let's get across the Nullarbor. The approach from West Coast.
1: When did it come? And how difficult was it to sit down with your wife, Nanette, with a young family saying, I'd really like to do it, but we've got to go to Perth.
0: Just tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it ended up not being a very difficult decision, but uh, as I said before, last week, I said, uh you know, walls myself. I didn't give myself any chance. I thought it'd be third, come third easily. But as it turned out, I was able to get, I got the job. And um, we are in a position at home where uh, Nanette's mother had been diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's. Uh, at that stage my father and her mother were both we wouldn't expect them to last long really her stepfather died that year her brother had died that year as one of my best mates of cancer um yeah, but, I mean, look it's a long list but our babysitter which is her sister's sister-in-law got killed in a car crash oh. this is all in one year it's in, in fact all in all in much <coughs> no the, the, yeah. the kids were saying they're almost saying look they don't want to get a bed at night because I don't know who's going to be next. Oh. So when this opportunity came up, we thought, look, we'll start another life. And we went to the West, and it's been one of the great moves that we've ever made. because, Really? Well, we've got so many great friends in the Western Australia. Yeah. It was it was taking over a new, a relatively new site. It was giving them more awareness of Melbourne conditions, more aware of history. I'm, I'm a great believer in history, and I just don't think... The players had any sense of history. Hmm. You, no history, you got no future. And my my thing was to have great. Re, you, you have to. Be, we needed to have at West Coast a respect for the competition. The AFL competition had to be respected for its years of. And, and there's not nothing against Western Australian football, South Australian football. It was more about where we were in a new competition that was developed from the VFL. Yeah. And that was my principal thing to let. I got Stephen Nash to fax across every news article in the paper, so it put a face to a name. Even if it was Rex Hunt getting a haircut. even, Gee, even if it was.
1: That'd be history.
0: It uh, was history. <laughs> uh, but they go, is that? Oh, that's what Rex looks like. Yeah. Oh, is this? Is this what um, Robert Floud looks like? Or is that a story about um, Wayne Carey? Yeah. Uh, who is this bloke? You know. So we become far more educated in regard to the history of the game and, and from there we developed.
1: Mm. How important are team leaders? And I preface that by saying at West Coast, worstfold uh, Main Waring, McKenna, Djakovic, while a lot of the players under them are nearly as good of them, that's a great nucleus that you can really use to your advantage on the field before they even talked about team leaders.
0: Yeah, well we, we when I first went there, Steve Malaxis was captain, um, and be fair to say Steve um, fell a bit short of my what I thought what I needed not not for not because he wasn't a bad bloke he's a nice bloke uh, you know he's a, he was a um, he was a good ball getter but if I was gonna, if I was, if we needed to move forward we need to readdress everything yeah. and stuck my neck out a bit and put in a 22 year old captain The most important thing about doing that, a lot of people don't realise this, is that it had to be a dual appointment and as much as John was captain from Deed, John would do anything you asked him to do and when he went out on that ground he played such a prominent part for the rest of his teammates. But you needed someone as strong as him off the ground as well and Michael Brennan was outstanding. The monkey was he? The monk. Yeah. And so I was gifted with two people of great characters. One that was so good on both are on the great on the ground, tough as nails. Yeah. But, but Michael was a really strong advocate of what I wanted off the ground. And, and not that John wasn't, but Michael spoke. And then you said about Main yeah. and Jakovich and McKenna and Pike and Evans and Kemp, um, i probably miss out on people, but they had such strong characters and they took the club where we wanted to go. Before we take
1: a break, Michael Malthouse, I'm fascinated with this and I hope everyone's enjoying it. For Tobin Brothers, this is your footy life, Michael Malthouse. You're into quotes and the great Vince Lombardi said you've got to taste the horrible taste of defeat before you smell the sweet uh, taste of success. Was 1991's disappointment the thing that set you up for 92-94? Was, I, I believe, coming from the same place as you did at Punt Road, it's more important to hurt when you lose than to go out for a drink and wave to the crowd when you win.
0: Mm. Well, Rex, 91 was disappointing, but if there's a if there's a genesis that set the West Coast up for what they are today, it was a six-week period that people wouldn't understand, and I'll explain it to you. I I believe that exactly what you just said. You you don't gain a lot from if you look through your life and you've got if we look at a straight line I call it my lifeline and if you have a big dip it's that dip that determines the sort of character you are if you recover from that dip that's that's building your character round 21 in 1990 now you've got to remember there's no favours we get no favours we couldn't have home finals it wasn't a matter of playing one home and one away and and look, looking after that way it was simply that all the, all the preseason games had to be played away all finals had to be played away we were quite often two or three times we played away and come home so round 21 we flew to we flew to Melbourne to Brisbane to play the Brisbane Lions or Brisbane Bears at the time uh, no TVs on the, on, the, on the planes it was just simply you just get on the plane we flew back home the next week, we flew to Melbourne and went down to Geelong. We had to win both games and finished third. So, technically, we should have had the next final at home. Oh, the, the first final. We didn't. We went back and we played Collingwood and we drew. Fourth week in a row, we flew back and we yeah. and we got thumped by Collingwood. Next week, they said, you can't win. We went back to Melbourne again for the fifth time in a row and we beat Melbourne. Yeah. The sixth week, they called an airline strike and we flew to... With our team, and the and the Perth Wildcats, you can imagine who's sitting up the front, not yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Kelgoorlie, from Kelgoorlie to Mildura, <laughs> from Mildura to Melbourne. Now, if that doesn't yeah. set you up yeah. for, and as I said to the boys when well, yeah. we lost that last game, I said, it doesn't matter what they throw at you now, Yeah. the AFL can make you play on the moon. That's you it. blokes have covered everything, and this is going to set this football club up forever.
1: The message is loud and clear. That's what it is. And that's what we're saying is, uh, you know, it's important to really enjoy winning, but really hurt when you lose. We're going to take a break, folks, and there'll be more of Mick Malthouse after the break. And check us out on Twitter at Rex Footy Life. This is your footy life for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yes, Matthew. And here we are again running down the straight six at Flemington towards the finishing post with our two-part series of the legend himself, Michael Malthouse. It's great to have him on board and it's great to have you on board for Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating the footy life of our friend here today. The approach from Eddie Maguire in 1999 Collingwood were absolutely, in my words, Scheisenhausen both on and off the field. Tell us about the first phone call or the first handshake. Tell us about the circumstances that led you to the most famous sporting club in the history of this land.
0: Yeah, it was interesting because we went to Western Australia for two years and stayed for (laughs) ten, and when uh, the time came about that we reassessed, first of all, that um, Nanette's mother was very, very ill at that stage, um, and my father wasn't great, so we thought the two girls seemed reasonably established in Western Australia. The two boys, we knew if we stayed another year or two, we were locked in, not that you I love Western Australia, but I didn't want to be locked into Western Australia. And the way it was going, if we stayed one or two more years, they had their friendships and schooling. They were moving on to uni. That's the end of it. We we're over there. So we needed to come back. And I spoke to the club about coming back, and then left the rest for Peter. Peter Sidwell, and uh, he had a couple of um, interesting interviews with clubs, and spoke to me about the pros and cons. And the thing about Eddie was he had a vision. And i like people to know where they're going. And uh, he, he, knew, he said exactly what you just said. Hadn't been the finals record number of years, low membership, broke, and playing out of Victoria Park or, or training at a Victoria Park. And he said he painted a picture of Olympic Park. And I said, well, that looks the way to go forward. So it was a a decision between two or three clubs, and that that, that just hit it off with me.
1: Early on in 2002, 2003, some people who both you and I respect, (coughs) we respect a lot of people, but people who we really respect said that you were a brilliant coach with an ordinary ordinary side.
0: How do you respond to that sort of thing? Well, in 2002, there's a couple of years and a couple of games to stand in my mind. I won't go back over 80, back to 87, but that one year and in 2002 were perhaps the best years in regard to getting a side into a position that, that technically speaking, with the calibre of 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 abilities, not the calibre of the person, but the calibre abilities, we probably had no right to be even in the top four.
1: And reminding young people that that was the time when the, the old-fashioned Hawthorne, and they were named Brisbane Lions, were just dominating the competition yep. and actually won three in a row. So that's the context of what you're saying. Your team probably couldn't stand up side by side to them.
0: Well, no, technically, no. Uh, you know, you're you looking at three <coughs> Bradley medalists. You're looking at uh, a combined Fitzroy and, and uh, Brisbane side. So it was a brilliant side, well-coached. Uh, I've got a lot of admiration for Lee Matthews and a very very good football side, but we we uh, took it right up to them uh, and fell short. But to me, that was as good a team to be involved with yeah. as I've ever been involved.
1: What was the major uh, difference, Michael Malthouse, to 202, 203 to 2010, when a lot of people unashamedly picked you to be premiers because you were a great side, you had a fantastic year? Did you think halfway through the year or towards you know the the pointy end?
0: We're a real show here. I thought the time that it clicked in that I thought were a real show was when we played St Kilda the first time. The Saints had come off the, the, the loss to the Geelong in the grand final. They were near or they are about near the top of the ladder playing really good football. Yeah, they were. And we played them out at Waverley. Oh, sorry, Waverley. Is my own memory. Uh, we played them out at Etihad. And it was ebb and floatedly. They got on top of us at the end. When I walked off that ground... My immediate reaction was, we can get them. Really? They're the, they're the best side in the comp. We can get them because I know, I know that they threw everything at us. Not that we didn't throw everything at them, but I thought there was room for improvement within the side. And as it happened, we did get better as the year went on.
1: You know, I have to bring this up, and I just, I respect the way you're going to answer it. And I can relate to. To what you'd be feeling when Eddie came to you with the succession plan and you were signed on, but no matter even if you won the flag, you were gone. From the outside looking in, and I would say diff- differently looking at you in the eye now, I wouldn't be saying this, but how could you agree to that, Michael?
0: Yeah, it was very difficult because it was a year, I think it was 2009 when it was all put together. and. To, without making it a great big story it was either do it or you're out anyway so I had effectively probably got an extra year that I that, that it wasn't going to come my way the second fa- phase of it was it was a very vulnerable time I'd been back and forth to Ballarat um, for, for virtually months uh, my mother was dying eventually and, and died uh, during that season and under those, under that sort of circumstance, with with uh, one of my daughters being uh, ill and the son being ill, there was a few things that you just in, in the end you just go, look, it's just getting all too hard, and mm. life's there's more to life than just a game of football, so therefore right. get the thing over and done with. Um, I'm I mean, a, it ended yeah. disappointingly, yeah. but nonetheless I had twelve. I look at I look at it. Have you let it go now? Oh God! I've let it go a long time ago. I, it's to twelve years. Yeah. I always look at the best part of it. Like when you, no matter when you coach, you're going to have ups and downs. But I look. I've tried to look at the term and go. I had ten, uh, six great years at Footscray, ten great years at West Coast, ten great, uh, twelve years at, at at Collingwood, and two and a bit with Carlton. I made great friends. We had great times. Coaching is winning and losing. It's mm. not about winning, winning, winning because it's rare that it happens. So you take the good with the bad. I still talk, you know, like people say, well, how are you off with it? I, I talk to it. Um, I talk to the players very, very regularly when I bump into them or they ring or whatever the case may be. I still see a few of the officials from time to time. David Butterfield from Collingwood, Went to Carlton. I now got a little business with him called uh, Keen Edge, which is about leadership. Interesting. Uh, uh, Yeah, it's only a small business, but if anyone wants any leadership out there, it's our little company. Too right. KeenEdge.com.au. Yep. Yeah. Um, And we... um, But you move on quickly, because life's about looking at what's been good, not what's bad. Yeah. If you want to look at what's bad, I lost... You know, you you said uh, how many games I've coached. I could tell you, Rex, how many bad ones I've coached. Yeah. But that's not in there. No. But I could tell you, I've coached bad ones as well as good ones. Yeah. But...
1: It doesn't sell papers, though.
0: It doesn't sell... Well, the bad ones do. is Yeah, (laughs) it? do.
1: Like Google. Yeah. You Google me, will you? (laughs) You seem in a good place, and I want to thank you for the time today. You've uh, been great to come down here to our studio, and and, uh, you're in a good place. And Nanette's... uh, well recovering. again recovering. And it just
0: uh mm. y- y- you we, we, went went really, yeah, yeah. we went through a rough time there with but uh, isn't that what's family is about well that's right she you know, she's this for those and i know it's out there anyway but she's you know she's uh recovered from breast cancer she's yeah. got uh you know, had the radiation which is uh and the surgeon and the oncologist and the radiologist they're all very, very happy to wait where she is. Mm. So, we've
1: and aren't they yeah. the most magnificent people? That is.
0: they are magnificent. It's been people.
1: great. You look good. Uh, let you get on your bike. And uh, as I said, I'm just honoured that uh, when the phone went, uh, you said yes, not straight away because you had the recruit going. And yeah. did you enjoy working with the young people because that's what you were born to do, Michael.
0: Well, the recruit's been the most uh, interesting thing I've done in, TV, in terms of TV. It starts on the uh, starts soon, yeah, in July 20. So, um. That that that's that in itself, to give young men an opportunity yeah. to be, maybe become an AFL player.
1: Who knows? I, uh, I'm i sure the audience has enjoyed it just as much as me, and I just think with a little bit of a smile on that grumpy old face, you've just thought this is okay. <laughs> I know you're uncomfortable about talking about yourself, but the contribution you've made to this game will be indelibly recorded forever, and I'm glad that you've said yes and we've known a little bit more about the inner sanctum of Michael Malthouse, and thank you, Mick, for your time. It's a pleasure, Rex, you know that. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, the great Michael Malthouse, that was your life.